The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Then, then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. Listen, he said to them, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters. Tell the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished room upstairs. Make the preparations there. So they went and found it just as he had told them and they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And then they said to him, to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. For the Son of Man will go away as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So they began to argue among themselves which of them it could be who was going to do it. The Gospel of our Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning to all those at home. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a joy. It's a real joy to be with you today. Before we dive into this passage, would you do me a favor and bow your heads with me as I share one more brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to begin by asking everyone this question. When was the last time you received grace? When was the last time you received someone's unmerited favor? In late January, in white-out conditions on a rural highway outside of Grants Pass, Oregon, six individuals received what can only be described as an act of grace. As captured by BuzzFeed News, some lucky Americans have been gifted with a surprise coronavirus vaccine while shopping at a supermarket. Others have followed social media rumors to score a dose. But six people in Oregon on Tuesday, January 26th, managed to secure their shot because they happened to be stuck on a snowy highway at the right place at the right time. Now, here's how the event unfolded. 
Officials with the Josephine County Public Health Department near the California border had been holding a three-day COVID-19 vaccine event, vaccination event at a local high school when they had to shut it down early. A snowstorm was coming in during the clinic and we had to leave before the vaccines were all administered. Dr. Excuse me, Director Ryan Michael Weber told BuzzFeed News. The team had six extra doses of the Moderna vaccine left over that had been set aside for other individuals in Grant's Pass, but an accident on a snowy road caused a traffic jam. And knowing they'd be stuck for hours, anyone ever been in a traffic jam for hours? How about in the snow? Knowing they'd be stuck for hours, these staff members got to work looking for other stranded motorists who might want a surprise vaccination. According to Weber, we hopped out and just started going from car to car in the snowstorm. Amid heavy snowfall and and on a road blanketed by snow, the team had to convince drivers it wasn't a joke. Quote, it was a mixed bag of reactions, he said. Most people found it funny. It's kind of an amusing situation to find yourself in. It's not something most people expect. So I have evidence of this moment or this event to share today. So here's a picture of the traffic jam. They're not going anywhere in the snow. Let's go to the next picture. Here are the county health officials jumping out with the Moderna vaccines about to set course on their mission. And then let's go to the next one. Here's a lucky guy that said, yes, give me the vaccine. The story goes on to share that one man was so happy. He even jumped out of his car and he ripped off his shirt to receive the vaccination. Quote, he was doing a happy dance in his seat when he finally believed they were actually going to give him a vaccine, Weber said. And so on a forested road, on a snowy day, as time stood still for dozens and dozens of motorists. Six individuals received unmerited and unexpected favor or grace in Oregon earlier this year. Isn't that a fun story? Well, as we turn our attention now to Luke 22 in our passage, and as we celebrate communion today, we are being invited to understand and embrace Jesus's eternal grace today. His unexpected and game-changing favor. So this leads me to our big idea from Luke 22, which is this. At the table, Jesus offers us extravagant grace, revealing his sovereign plan and sacrificial love that change everything for us. At the table, he offers us extravagant grace, revealing his sovereign plan and sacrificial love that changed everything for you, Laura, everything for you, Hannah, everything for you and me, Kim. We're going to break this down in two simple points. Point one, 
At the table, Jesus offers us extravagant grace, revealing his sovereign plan. The passage begins, Then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked him. Listen, he said. When you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters. Tell the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished room upstairs. Make the preparations there. And so they went and found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So first, a little background information. Jesus and his disciples have made their way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festival with hundreds of thousands of other Jewish people. Now to get lodging, let alone to get a Passover meal, would have been a monumental challenge. Just think of it as trying to get a dinner reservation, Mike, or a hotel reservation the night of the Super Bowl. And yet notice the detail found in our passage. Jesus sends his two most trusted disciples, Peter and John, to look for a man carrying a water jug, which would have been highly unusual in that day. Why? Because typically only the women carried the water jugs, who then the disciples would follow to a house and meet a homeowner. And then the passage goes on, this homeowner, a wealthy homeowner at that, who's using their resource to serve Jesus and his disciples. How do we know that? Because that homeowner would have a large upstairs guest quarters or lodge in which they could share the Passover. Have you ever looked at scripture and go, why are you giving us all of these details? And yet our passage continues with even more precision when Jesus says, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Meaning Jesus was burning with intentionality and intensity as he sat at the table with the disciples. Listen to this. This would have been his last meal with them. At least his last meal before the crucifixion. And yet Jesus was not surprised or shocked by the situation. Rather, as seen through all of the detail of this passage, catch this, Jesus had planned it. Jesus had planned this sacred time at the table with his followers. That's interesting, right? Pretty captivating if you think about it. So let me ask you this. Have you ever stepped back in life and considered that this world might not be the random assortment of facts and figures 
we think it to be. That there may in fact be some order of life where that person you meet is an actual divine appointment or that sign you see is an actual blessing for you or where those 66 letters you read known as the Bible are actually true, trustworthy and inspired by God. Have you ever considered that there is a God who's so powerful that he orders the pages of history and yet so personal that he burns with passion for you, Marianne, to sit at his table. In Luke 22, this is the picture we see of Jesus, which leads us to point two. At the table, Jesus offers us extravagant grace, revealing his sacrificial love. The passage continues. Then Jesus, he took a cup, And after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in Remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. In the words of the late John Oswald Sanders, true leadership is achieved not by reducing people to one's service, but in giving oneself in selfless service to them. And this is what Jesus points us to at the table. Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us that he's going to give his life for us. He's going to give his love for us. He's going to be broken and poured out for you and me, Scott. These words of Jesus would have been particularly moving, even scandalous, for Jesus to say in the Jewish context of his day. Why? Well, Jesus was offering his disciples two things, divine redemption and relationship. In the manner in which he would deliver these things, no one could have imagined. First, on the redemption front, Sure, many people, including his disciples, were looking to Jesus. This is a a key thing we catch as followers. They were looking to him as a leader who could guide them out of darkness. Yet virtually no one was looking to Jesus as a lamb who would save them from their darkness. The thought of Jesus being the new and everlasting Passover lamb whose blood would cover our sins just as the blood of the undefiled lambs covered the homes of the Israelites in the first Passover would have shattered everyone's minds. They were looking for a leader, not a lamb. And if that weren't enough, then Jesus promises something more with these words. This cup is the new covenant 
in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus offers his disciples and all who come to his table a personal and eternal relationship, thus fulfilling the promise of a new covenant we see in Jeremiah 31. And I'm looking at Kathy because I guarantee Kathy has this memorized. You can say it along silently with me. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Was the promise. The picture here is of an ongoing and intimate relationship with God. And at the table, Jesus says, that is all made possible through me. Every time, Colin, you eat the bread, every time you drink the cup, you will be reminded, David, of my extravagant grace, my sovereign plan, and my sacrificial love, which binds you to me. Do you see the beautiful and scandalous invitation Jesus offered them, which he offers to everyone in this room today and at home? As I prepared this message, I couldn't help but recall a quote I recently read from our modern context. Having been the front man for the band Queen for decades, with estimates reaching Colin Caden, listen to this, estimates reaching over 300 million records sold worldwide. Freddie Mercury said this before his death. You can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that is the most bitter type of loneliness. Success has brought me world idolization in millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. And that is what Jesus offered his disciples, disciples at the Passover lamb, excuse me, at the Passover meal, excuse me. And that's what Jesus offers to everyone who says yes to his grace today. A loving, ongoing, extravagant relationship. You see, at the table, Jesus offers us this extravagant grace, revealing his sovereign plan and his sacrificial love that change everything for us.
So here's the invitation. Come to Jesus and come to his table today. I don't know about you, but today is particularly intimate because it's been been a hard year. I think it's been over 12 months since we did communion together. A long time. So whether it's been a long time for you in coming to the Lord and coming to his table, maybe this is the first time where it's clicking, where you're saying, I get it, and I need this. And I'm ready for this. I don't deserve it. But gosh, I'll, I'll take it. Friends, come to Jesus wherever you are, whoever you are. And let his grace wash over you today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I, we thank you for this, this word and this sacrament communion, coming to the table where we're reminded of the extravagant grace through your son, Jesus, revealing that you do have sovereignty and a sovereign plan over us. And we can receive a sacrificial love that changes everything. God, move in hearts here in this space, move in the spaces of those who are watching online that they would say, yes, I need you. It's been a hard year. Maybe it's been a hard life, but I will receive this good news offered to me today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.